Hi guys, my name is Charles Chicalo, and this is what I'm calling, for now at least, the marketplace of ideas, where I take current events, books, movies, or even things I hear about, and we analyze them from an independent perspective. So much of today's world is just listening to a talking head on either side of your ideology and just simply believing it, not questioning or evaluating its source. Not here. Here, I present you with facts. I present you with an independent take that is a result of my own thinking. I invite disagreement. I love dialogue. And something I love more than both of those, alternative perspectives, especially those that oppose me. Where we learn the most are from the people and viewpoints that disagree with ours. We don't have to come to their side, but we definitely have to learn from their side. With that, here's our episode for this week. Before we get to this week's episode, I do have to apologize. There is an echo for the first minute or so. Excuse that. Sorry, guys. Welcome back to the Marketplace of Ideas, and I have with me Richard. Uh, I'll call to him. I'll call him Rich this time around. Now, Rich, I'll t- you, we, we spoke a little before in preparation for this, and it came up to... Somebody I closely follow, Michael Smirkanish, Uh he always brings in Scott Galloway, uh, Gene Twangy a little bit, and he does so on his SiriusXM and CNN programs on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I we we went over some we went over some previous content he put out there, and just today. In his serious XM program, he he covered the topic of AI girlfriends. We'll get oh, to that, but before that's a that, slippery slope, my friend. <laughs> before that, Rich, introduce yourself. Who are you, and uh, what is my what, what do my audience need to know about you? Well, my name is Richard Struther, and um, since um, since a couple of years now, I've also been the widower's wingman. Um, I help. Um, other uh, fellow widowers, so widowed men who have lost, find relationships after loss and kind of help them get um, back to ready to date. Like people think, you know, you just jump on a dating app. It's like, yeah, no, no, there's, there's, there's more to it in 2023 kind of thing. So that's what I do. So, so uh, the, the overall topic that I wanted to tackle here was the decline of masculinity. Uh, Men are more lonely, statistically speaking. Yes. Men are men are less less willing to commit to long term relationships, starting families, and other such things that some people may think of as quote traditional values. Well, what and, you and let's is, be honest, the the whole institution of marriage is, has changed drastically compared to what it used to be. So, yeah, so what you know. what is in your experience and education? What is your theory or hypothesis for that decline? Well, there's a few things. Um, first of all, the roles have changed. Um, and I'm a big fan of Esther Perel. So if you listen to Esther Perel at all, you, you, you know, you'll hear her say it used to be that marriages were either arranged or, or marriages marriages were not just for love. And, and your, your sense of where you fit in society came a, a big part from the church, a big part from the community around you. And now all of a sudden we we want no no we want our partner to be not just my my husband my you know and my mate now it's I want them to be my best friend my confidant my therapist my you know 
my my co-parent, my partner, like my partner in all things. Um, we want to be best friends, and 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 the relationship now is so much more, and that's what both sides are looking for, women and men. It's not just oh, oh well, you know, um, once upon a time marriage was out of uh, survival. It was. You know, men worked and and women would marry for economic survival and and you know social. There was a certain amount of social up there too, but you know the the whole role of marriage has changed. And now marriage is no longer about hey, let's get you know we're we're just committed. It's now kind of the capstone of success. Younger people are 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 getting married to kind of say hey, this is this is the the cherry on the icing on the. You know, what do you mean? They're getting married to just say, "Hey, I'm a big boy now." Uh, not, not so much on well, both women and men. It's more we have achieved a certain point in our life, and we're going to get married because we want to co-parent and this and that. And they, it, it is a commitment. But um, you, you have a lot less with the, uh, you know, what used to happen a lot was the shotgun wedding, which was, you know, uh, nineteen, well, heck, eighteen hundreds through you know, 1800s through 1980s kind of thing. And now all of a sudden it's, well, women, women have their own careers. They don't need, they don't need the men to take care of them in the same way. And the role of father has changed. So now all of a sudden it's that, uh, it's the idea that what we need out of the marriage, what we want out of the marriage is very different. And, and it really, the, the marriage is no longer, a uh, uh, an institution kind of of necessity it's an institution of no we're choosing to get into this because this is where we're at and, you know this is where we're at and we're signaling to the world this is where we're at so okay backing up to backing back up to up, a point yeah. you just made uh, <laughs> i'm going to play devil's advocate sure are shoot. you saying because women are beyond males in in college enrollment and yes. and dating older men, the pursuit of professional careers by women is a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm for equality, but the fact is, is um, and the, the the biggest inequality when it comes to women in the job market is mostly because they stop at pinnacle points in their career. To be able to, uh, to be able to uh, take care of the children or to raise the children from when they're very young, and that kind of happens at a really critical moment in the career where they don't recover that setback later. Like you can't catch up to that because they found out with lesbian couples, for example, they, they did a study with lesbian couples and they said that when the when the lesbian couple had multiple children and each of them took in turn to raise the child from early on that they they noticed that they the 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 setbacks were negligible and they caught up very quickly uh an article was was published by by a professor at Washington U and she focused on the AI girlfriends so we'll focus on that for now okay sure and she brings in a few key statistics i'm going to run through them and and we'll work our way down okay as of as of the, the time of her writing, one in five men can identify one close friend. That could have been one in five men under thirty. I'll back up. <clears throat> I'll leave that out. I can't be that inaccurate. 
Okay. 60% of people of... 60% of men 18 to 30 are single. 30% of women in the same range are not. So... What do you think makes up for that doubling of commitment? So, um, I, I'd love you to reframe that question. <laughs> so, 60% of men 18 to 30 are single, not in a relationship at all. Correct. But 30% of the women in the same age range are in a relationship. Why double? Uh, well, okay. So, let's talk about um, hookup culture. How many women are not wanting to get uh they don't want to get caught up in a relationship they're they're like no i'm i'm focusing on my studies or i'm focusing on school or i'm focusing on my career or i'm focusing on on completely other things it also depends on what the survey group was right is this a national is this a, you know is this a national survey is this a um you know within washington you know within washington state that's that's entirely possible um but there is a notable difference between the fact that um, men tend to want to have like uh, women are being more choosy and that's not a bad thing. Um, and it's not that men aren't men are, and men are kind of, there, there's that whole kind of, um, culture of on, especially on social media where, well, women don't need men. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of hating on both sides. And that's the problem. I think in you know, between the manosphere and the radical feminism and, you know, 95% of the, you know, out of 100% of social media users, the biggest, the 95% of the content is posted by 5% of the users, and they tend to be on the extremes. So there's a lot of people in the middle who are just kind of looking at this and going, y'all are crazy. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, okay, yeah, finish your thought. Right, so the, the idea that, um, but it does influence the middle, and the problem is, is it's polarizing the middle. So you've got men who are like, She's out of my league, or you know, I'm not even going to try. If I can't win, I won't play. And that, that, that's, uh, you know, it's something that I believe in. I, if I can't win, I won't play. But a lot of people think they can't win. They psych themselves out. That so the men are kind of like, oh, uh, do I really want the rejection and all of that? And I can talk a whole lot about that. And then there's the women's side where it's like, I don't really, I don't want to have to take care of a guy. And it's, it's like, wait, guys are children, but you know, so there's there's a lot of social media you know, back, you know, backhanding each other. And, and it's, it's, we got to get away from this. We got to get back to the center. And so before, before we head, head down the social media rabbit hole, sure. It turns out one in five men report not having a single close friend, a number that has quadrupled in the last 30 years. And yep. that's among the same age range, men, men, yep. 18 to 30. What, what role does friendship have to play in masculinity and really the, really bringing closer the the phobia of getting into a relationship with a woman. Well, I love that you bring this up. So, um to add to this to add to this one, um you're, we're talking 18 to 35, right? 18 to 30. 18 to 30. Okay. When I was younger, the average age that we were let out to play unsupervised, let out into the world was between between Six and like eight, nine. 
but like six and eight was we, we we went out and we played and we met other kids and we didn't have to agree with them and the families didn't have to like each other and it wasn't scheduled and it wasn't pre-booked we went out to the playground we played we had metal slides we banged ourselves around a bit you know we sure we, we did stupid stuff we were damn near feral but the difference is since the 19 i'd say around 1990 like early 90s 90 94 95 the average age that kids started going out unsupervised was 12 to 16. Now, the reason that makes such a huge difference is because up until 10 years old, you're still formulating all your views of the world. You're still, this is the process where your brain is a sponge. You're really like you at 10 or when puberty starts, that's the brain starts going, okay, we've got it. Let's start, let's start editing down. So we went out and we played. We did problem solving. We we figured out if we didn't like a kid on the block, we either avoided them or we had a confrontation. Sometimes it went well. Sometimes it didn't. So we, we learned to play with other kids. We learned to socialize. We learned to solve our own problems. We, we, we went out and we did. We did stupid stuff, too. We set off fireworks. We blew up toys. We, we played with toys. We, we, we did all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we had metal Tonka trucks. Now they're all plastic, right? So... It's the whole idea of if you're not out there and playing, your brain is not developing these skills. You're not socializing properly. You're not, you don't have that, hey, I can trust my friends because I've been in a bind with them. So nowadays, you've got kids coming out who go, man, I got in trouble. I'm going to call mom and dad because they've always had my, because they're, they're the only ones who have my back, especially if they've been helicopter parenting, versus my generation and, and, and earlier, you know, my generation and earlier were, were, was like, no, no, we, we, mom and dad will kick my ass. <laughs> I better I better call my friend and, you know, see if we can you know, worm our way out of this or w- figure our way out of this. And and that's where it came to. It's that your friends were there for you. They had your back no matter what. And even if it was something really bad, it was like, okay, you know, it's like, got to move a body. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> So, so a couple of things actually came to mind. So now, sure. first of all, there's a movement out there. It's called Let's Grow. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I it, it originated. It, it originated with somebody who, uh, actually, I think it was a Wall Street Journal article was written about them. They left their their child at Bloomingdale's in uh, in Manhattan on 59th Street or something like that. Okay, and let them find their way home without a cell phone. Didn't keep tabs on them or whatever it was. Yeah, good. And, uh, People went crazy. How can you leave a child unsupervised to come home? But besides the point, bring it back to men having to seek out women. So, all right, there was there's a difference in the way you guys were were raised, and you know, I was sort of raised like that, a little a little less free than you were, but okay. But bring it back to how that affects the the downward trend of being with a woman because. Because now, now that the fact that only twenty percent of these men can can identify one close friend, how does that relate to them being with women less? Okay, so let's let's talk about the friend thing. So your friends, your friends help you build your esteem. Your your friends, you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Well, if all you do is hang out with mom and dad, you're going to become basically little mom and dad, right? When you had when you had friends in the neighborhood, when you were going out to other people's houses, when you were exposed to different different parenting styles, different cultures, different I mean, yeah, we all had the kind of, you know, okay, when the street lights come on, it's time to come home. But you know, and we joke about that, but the fact is is that there's there's almost a grain of truth to that. And you know, they would come out and call us in for supper and all that. But it, 
the fact is, is we socialized. We learned how rejection worked. We learned to problem solve. And if we went and asked somebody, you know, if, if I asked a girl out and she said no, you know, and, you know, sure, I've asked somebody out and it's like, you're a creep. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's a, great. I was going to get there. I was going to get there. Yeah, your friends would be like, nah, man, she's crazy. You know, it's like, you're not a creep. It's like, <laughs> all right. Whereas now it's like, you know, people, I've noticed that younger people are so afraid of the hard conversation, so afraid of the confrontation, so afraid of the rejection, they won't ask. So, I won't fail if I don't try. I mean, I think that has to do with a lot more of our society now. Oh, we're, yeah, lot, absolutely. We're, we're focused uh, so much more on emotion and sensitivities and so on. I mean, I could definitely see a circumstance where a guy's, where I guess the older generations would think you're at a bar and you see, you see a girl and uh, you want to hit on them, but you can't because uh, you may be uh, all of a sudden harassing her or something like that. Oh, because there is that too, right? It, it, it's it, it's something that definitely you know it, it turns guys off and I think I think repels them, but I mean I think I think that's something that that it's just is just a consequence of the society we live in. I, I mean I'm I'm all for equality. I mean women deserve just yes. as much respect as men. Absolutely. But I mean it's gotten to the point where guys are guys are repelled and just you know refer to just being on an app and uh, maybe well, even the, having an AI girlfriend, but go ahead, comment on the, on the previous. The apps are fine. The apps are basically a yellow pages. As far as I, this is what I teach people because I work with people extensively on dating, you know, about dating apps and whatnot. But uh, look, even at the bar scenario, right? You, you have a scenario where you, you, you have somebody you want to, you want to talk to. Now the problem society wise is we have a social contract, right? And what, has happened is the social contract is so disrupted now that nobody knows what the rules of engagement are, right? And it's okay to walk up to a girl and say, you know, hi, you look like a cool person. You, you know, you seem interesting. Can I get to know you? Can I, you know, can I buy you a drink? Can I get to know your name? And not to objectify them. Now that's the big difference, right? Not to go, hey, oh, looking good. It's like, or why don't you smile more? Good, good. You know what? Women want to slap men for that, and I don't blame them. Look, it, it's a matter of, if you want to get to know me as a person, get to know me as a person. If you want to talk to a girl, talk to a girl. Talk to her like a person, <laughs> you know? But the, the whole idea of, you know, oh my God, they might think I'm, yeah, so they might think you're whatever. Are you going to see them again? Not if they reject you, and that's fine. Move it on. <laughs> but yeah, I again, think of it, you ahead. have to be comfortable with that that level of uncomfort. <laughs> I think of it, I think of it as sort of uh, like the entrepreneurial mindset you should have oh, is yeah. that if you're afraid of failure, get over the, get over the fright. You, you can't be afraid of failure. It, well, Wayne Gretzky, and, and, right? You miss, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> something like that. And uh, I mean, it's, it's frightening how much I see it around me. I and mean, people, <sighs> people just, they, they would tell me, you know, I, I stress out. I can't, I can't ask this person out. So on and so on. I wish I could just show up one day and it'll be my wedding and I'm, uh, and it's it's over with. Imagine, you know, let's 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 talk about society as a whole now. The, the, that's the case with everything, right? I want the job, so I can have the perks, but the work is not rewarding. 
I want the girlfriend, but I don't want to put in the work. I just want the result. And, and, and Mark Manson talks about this. And he go, I love Mark Manson's book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up, you know. Um, hey, guys, quick reminder. Head over to shakalo.com. That's C-H-A-K-K-A-L-O. And give me a subscribe there. You can sign up for my newsletter and, and subscribe for any exclusive content for my blog posts. I hope to, I hope to run potentially some Zooms, send you guys some individualized videos. I don't know. It's, an, it's a community that I'm putting together. So if you want to be a part of it, I hope to have you there soon. All right. So you talked about like Mark Manson's book, uh, Subtle Art of Not Giving, but um, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But the, the, the fact that um, he talks about having a good life is not about having no problems. It's about having the kinds of problems or engineering your life to have the kind of problems you like and are good at dealing with. And that's a good life. So we're so concerned with getting to the end goal that we're not kind of enjoying the process. And that's that's the whole thing. That there's a delightful process about date, dating and meeting people and, and discovering new things and, and you know getting to know that person. That's it's magic when you do it. You, but yeah, there's a little there's a little uncomfort getting there. But you know what? It's worth it. And you may get have hurt. to kind of oh, yeah. You may get hurt. You may be uplifted. It's 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 a roller right? coaster that I think yeah you you learn you just learn right not, not just about yourself but about life and and what can happen and the way people work exactly. I mean, so you don't think uh, it's it's a point I think I disagree with you on. You don't think the apps are an issue? I mean, because people are reverting to apps, it makes people less likely to go up to someone at a party and say, "Hey, my name is Charles. How you doing?" <laughs> So uh, I'm not saying that apps are the only way, and I'm not, uh, you know what, I, I will say that the apps are a safe space in that we know that if you're on there and you're single and you're looking for other singles, well, that's where you find singles. If I'm looking for a plumber, I'm going to go to the Yellow Pages or I'm going to go on Google. I'm going to go where plumbers are advertising. So that's fine. Like if I need an expert, I'll go for an expert. Um, but when it comes to dating, it's like you go up to a party at a party there's uh, if you know the you know if you know the people kind of a little bit it's a friend of a friend or whatever but that that doesn't always work too well and and you know you don't necessarily want to kind of embroil that social situation and it it kind of limits your options as well so i i do like the idea of dating apps but there's a there's a catch to using them cuz they don't do the work for you they claim to they don't <laughs> so now transitioning to the current situation where Women are dating older men because, and this is a quote, a quote from, from an article at The Hill that I was referring to, because the older men are the ones that are willing to commit. The youngers are not willing to commit. Is there a commitment issue among the younger generations as far as whatever you're seeing out there? I'm, I'm going to say, they say it's commitment. I, I'm, I'm going to say that there's a level of emotional maturity that's there because we have more experience, right? Older men will have more experience and they're not, um, as you get older, you, you, you have less tolerance for, 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 you know, stupidity around you and you know, yeah. you, you have less tolerance overall yeah. and, and, and that's fine. That's, that's good. Um, because you, you realize that time is too valuable to waste, right? So if you, if you find yourself in a really good relationship and it's working and you're mature and they're mature and it's, it's working out for both of you, then you're going to put, you're going to invest the effort. You're going to invest the resources, time, effort, you know, and yes, there's a certain amount of money in a relationship in terms of, yes, it, 
we do need money to make things happen, you know? So I can see older men being a higher value or more attractive option than younger men who are disenfranchised, disenchanted, um, not engaged. So they're not engaged at work. So their their ambition drops. And all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, it's like, yeah, but I just want to go and play my Call of Duty. It's like, yeah, I, Call of Duty, I think, is the new golf widow, you know? <laughs> it's oh my God. You know, you got the you got the older guys who, who who go and play golf, and then they go home, and all they do is sit in front of the TV and watch golf until it's supper time. It's like golf widows. Well, a girl doesn't want to be in an apartment with a guy who just wants to play Call of Duty all the time, or hey, you know, yeah, yeah. You're no, she wants to feel heard, respected, and valued. She wants to know she's a priority, and she doesn't have to. She she may not be the only priority, but she is a priority. If he has no ambition, it's not appealing, or far less so, anyway. So when it comes to, I'm going to, we have one more topic to hit, then I'm going to hit okay. on the big one. Okay. Recently, I mean, in the, by recently, I mean, in the past three or four years, at the very least, there were a bunch of mass shootings in the United States. Yes. Most of which, of the big ones, really the school and synagogue shootings, happened to be alone males with guns. Is Scott Galloway is quoted as saying the most dangerous person is a is a single lonely male. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely agreed. Why are they more dangerous than a single lonely woman? Women, um, by and large, I am not going to say all women, but I am going to say that it is a general trend that women have more social networks, more outlets. Um, so they will socialize more easily. They will socialize, uh, they will talk about their feelings and whatnot. Men, let's be honest. And I, tell me if you agree with me on this and, and uh-huh. anybody listening, you know, put up your hand if you agree with this, the right tool for the right job, um, you know, suck it up, be a man. We don't talk about that. Um, you know, it, it's all about, no, no, you have to be strong. Now, the problem that, the problem with the strong that we were brought up with is strong is showing no vulnerability. Strong is you show no weakness. The difference is that vulnerability can actually be a huge asset, but just being vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable, you don't want to be, you want to be vulnerable, but not whiny kind of thing. So you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to cry victim. Right. And, and, um, Jordan Peterson talks about the idea of a man should, and this uh, I'm just quoting the, this one, is a man should be dangerous but disciplined. And I, I, the, when, I, when I listened to this kind of thing and I was like, okay, okay, I like the analogy. I, I came up with my own analogy and it's, would you rather have a really well-trained guard dog, a guard dog who, who is dangerous but really loyal and, and you know super well-trained, or would you rather have a yappy chihuahua? Right, the, the chihuahua can cause no damage. I mean, sure, it might bite you, but really, what's it going to do? Right? right, it's going to cause a lot of noise, and it's it's very dependent and it's very needy. And a really well trained dog is, you know, a really well trained guard dog is that's something you can put your you can put your trust in. You can go, this thing's got my back. I, I, I don't care how I don't care how how loyal the chihuahua is; it don't have my back. <laughs> so. Your advice out there is quoting Peterson and saying, "Guys, be that be that vicious dog." 
Be not vicious. That's the catch. It's be that. Be capable. Uh, be be uh, competent. Capable. Um, be ready to go out there and be who you are. Be authentic. Be ambitious. But temper it well. Be vulnerable. You're allowed. But we've all, we've been trained to bottle up our feelings. So that's why men who are lonely and this are so dangerous because they have no outlets. The reason I do what I do is because there are exactly what I think three or four people who do what I do, which is dating coach for people who have lost for men. And these are of all ages, correct? Oh yeah. Of all ages. Women, on the other hand, handfuls, like dozens, dozens, but men, there's very few of us. So men don't have the outlets and we're not, we're not conditioned to use the outlets. We, we, we don't, you know, we're, we're told, well, okay, we'll just go in your shop. And, and then, of course, we're fed, you know, might makes right. You know, violence, you know, violence is the only ticket. And, you know, don't take away my guns. And, yeah, eventually you're going to get somebody who's bottled up enough that they're going to take out their pent-up anger and, with a gun. It, I don't like it. But, you know, less YMCAs. You know, we don't have, sure, there's sports programs. But if you're not good at sports, well, what do you got? So when it comes to uh, when it comes to AI girlfriends now, oh, people, artificial God. intelligence by its de- by its by its nature, yeah, yeah, of course, AI absolutely. by definition predicts whatever you like and enhances the elements that you show particular interest in. So if AI sees, for example, I mean, I come from the e-commerce world, so every, anybody knows if you click on an ad for glasses. You're going to get berated with ads for contacts, glasses, the particular color of glasses you like, sunglasses with that kind of prescription and so on. So the same thing happens in terms of AI girlfriends. You can, you can narrow down the AI girlfriend. You can text with, I'm going to use human words here. You can text with her. You can customize mm-hmm. her looks. You can customize her bottom. You can customize really anything and and actually actually there, there was a partnership recently an- announced where you may think she can be everything except perform that one thing but some partnerships are looking into reducing that to zero if you know what i mean so when it comes to these kinds of girlfriends i mean do they really serve the same purpose as a real life human female not a chance why not? If they if they if they satisfy every element of whatever a woman is supposed to give a man, what is it? Okay, so what the AI is not going to give, uh, or let's let's talk about what the AI does give, right? So let's let's look at porn, and the we know the dangerous effects of porn. Porn never says no, right? And the problem with um, the, the way the internet is now is that no matter what you no matter what you're into, no matter what your you know, your particular proclivity. They're going to, you're going to be able to find exactly what you want. Hell, you can order custom content. You can go that, you can, you can go deeper down the rabbit hole and nobody's ever going to say no. Nobody's ever going to say that's not okay. That's enough. There are no limits. There are no boundaries. There are no restrictions there. And then you take AI where it's going to do all of that for you. And it's natural that porn users escalate. So this is basically intellectual porn. So you've got a girlfriend who is, always going to agree with you, never say no, is going to, 
you know, build on the bias bubble. Because again, you, you click an ad for glasses, you need glasses. Well, if the AI girlfriend only ever, imagine how narrow your view is going to get because you don't have anybody challenging your ideas. You're not going to have actual companionship. You're going to have an infatuation uh, uh, with a thing. A yes man. You're going to have a yes man. So yeah. now, speak to what? Why is a narrow? Th- th- this is what we do here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a wide view of everything. This, that's the reason why I have a, a wide array of books behind me. I mean, I read right. everything from the, the the most disgusting pieces of literature to the to the most beautiful, at least in my opinion. Just because there has to be some way in the middle. You have to have the most pluralistic view to come up with the best middle ground. That's where I think the truth lies, and that's where I think the life is best lived. Now, exactly. what you tu- what you touched on. Why do you think a narrow worldview when it comes to a yes, a constant yes of a of a girl or a constant yes of a mate? Why is that a bad thing? You can have it. You can have a lazy a lazy guy just say, "I want my narrow worldview. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm happy there. Why expand it?" Look, you can live. Okay, so the the the, the same concept goes. You could live in a one bedroom apartment, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with living in a one bedroom apartment. Maybe you're at that stage in your life. But if that's the only option you've ever got because you don't know anything else, or if you live inside all your life, you know, you never go outside. Why? Well, outside bad. Imagine how you're going to socialize with other people when in your home life, when, when in your off hours, all you ever get is yes, dear, or yes, 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 yes. And you go out and you work a job and you're not performing or you do something wrong and they say, Look, uh, we need you to. We need you to do something you don't like to do. Well, no, I need you to say yes. It's like, well, we're not going to say yes. Your world, your entire world, comes crashing down. You can't deal with society because you think of the ego it's building. You're, you're building a self-sustaining feedback loop built around ego. There is nothing to elevate you, to inspire you, to go further. The the biggest thing about a relationship, um. And I, I'll say I'll say this from my point of view. Um, my partner, my my late wife did this. My partner, uh, the partner I'm with now, does this. I want to elevate myself, not for them, but because of them. They make me want to be a better person. They make me want to be um, just a better human all around. They make me want to step up and, and be there and be there in the right ways and, and, you know, and constantly evolving and learning an AI, unless it's programmed to feed you outside, an AI could be programmed to elevate you, to feed you things. Be programmed for anything. Right. But the guide rails, they call them guide rails. The guide rails are all important. ChatGPT won't tell you this because of the guide rails. This is dangerous information. Right. This they want. Fine. We accept that. If the AI, if an AI girlfriend, an AI girlfriend, not a good idea. An AI therapist, on the other hand, or an AI coach that's constantly going, hey, I know you, you know, I know you've taken a three-day slump. I know you're not feeling that great, but you know what? I need you to push just a little bit today. And I'll reward you a little bit for it. Hey, that. That could be something worthwhile. An AI that, therapist who's 
checking that, in and you that reminds sure me of a different a different a different tangent that i could get off on there was a great oh, yeah. ted talk saying on how ai could help uh oh, suicide yeah. prevention in that way 100 percent. yeah and oh, yeah. uh well that's that's a different tangent that we can get into at a different time but when it when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this it's it comes down to hey you're talking to people in their 20s uh your 20s and early 30s let's just say uh Scott Galloway or Professor G, as his podcast goes, says, take as many risks as you can. I mean, don't be don't be careless. Take as many risks as you can. Be as ambitious as you can and seek out put put out as many tentacles as you can in terms of forming relationships, in terms of finding that mate that will make you your best you. Are those the actionable steps you're gonna give the twenty and young thirty year olds? What how how would your how would your steps or recommendations to that age group differ, if at all? So I'm going to say get out there, be social. Look, I, I deal with mostly with men who have lost their, you know, lost their partners. So for me, it's a matter of, yeah, get out there. Because the worst thing you can possibly do, especially as a widower, is uh, become a hermit. And, and just kind of, again, you know, do the one-bedroom apartment thing where you just close yourself in. Um, no, get out there meet people, do things, make friends, um, be social, try everything. You know, um, I would give them the same advice my grandfather gave me when I was seven, and that was never miss an opportunity to learn anything, because there's nothing in life that you can learn that won't serve you at some point. And whether it's, you know, esoteric, whether it's uh, literature, art history, um, drugs and guns, I, I've learned as every time I get an opportunity to learn something, I do. It's, it, it reminds me of my, I think, favorite quote ever. Okay. Uh, in, in, uh, in the Jewish Talmud, it's, it's written that uh, wh- whoever is the wise one learns from every person. I love about that quote, it, it's that it doesn't differentiate on what a good person is and to learn from it doesn't differentiate on on you know what a, what a stupid person is or what a smart person is it says every person it doesn't say it doesn't say uh they have to be part of your religion part of a different religion living in a certain region living in a certain way now lives learns from every single person so i mean that's that's really what i what i what i believe in and well, like uh, the Tao Te Ching, right uh the Tao Te Ching. what is a good that's man it. but a bad man's teacher what is a bad man but a good man's job Precisely. It's, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a different tangent on on how things how things get sort of recycled or or are common between different different cultures. Yeah, something for a different time. But oh, definitely. But the 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 overall, I mean, what do I title this episode? The decline of masculinity. <laughs> the the, I mean, there's a book out there that I even read. Men not working. Uh, yep. I mean. What, what's, what's the overall condition of men or masculinity? How would you title it up? Sum it up. You know, I, I would just say kind of, I, I'm, I'm going to take a softer answer on this, but redefining masculinity because we really do need to kind of come back to the center and, and meet each other in the middle and go, you know what, let's not listen to the crazies, you know, and then come back to that middle ground that, you know, find the middle way. <laughs> Very Taoist philosophy there. You know, and 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 meet each other where it's like, you know what? Um, we need each other. We we are better with each other. Um, and yes, there there's been 
there's been all sorts of crazy stuff on both sides, but you know what? If we if we if we tune out the crazies and and just meet in the middle and get to know each other as people, I think I think there's a lot of potential there. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Coming back to the middle. My, my, my thing. Uh, Rich, thank you so much. Uh, where could people find you if they want to learn more? Thewidowerswingman.com. Um, it's the easiest place to find me. You'll find all the media. You'll find, uh, you'll find my YouTube channel from there. You'll find everything. At, um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, widowerswingman. So. All right. Awesome. Guys, I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug whatever, whatever articles I referenced and whatever Rich and I actually went over in preparation for this. Uh, in the show notes below and uh, feel free to reach out to me or him and uh, we'd be happy to continue the discussion uh, perhaps even have you on so thank you so much and uh, Rich thank you for your time thank you for yours I really hope you enjoyed that feel free to visit me shikalo.com or feel free to follow me on socials where I share my thoughts more often than weekly see you next time